Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To you do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To you do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, your eyes of mercy towards us, and after this exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. Blessed feast day of the Queenship of Mary. Yes, that's why I prayed the Hail Holy Queen in honor of her Queenship. A beautiful day. The uh, eighth day in the octave of the Assumption is how it was initially set up. Ah. Uh. In the, the 50s, 1954, by Pius XII, he established this memorial in honor of Our Lady's Queenship. But truly, saints have been uh, referring to her as queen since, as we know for a fact, at least the 4th century. Saint Ephraim used to refer to Our Lady as the Queen Mother. and uh, But I would imagine it goes all the way back to the to the apostles, but we don't have any proof of that. Uh, so this is just a formalizing of what we already knew. Well, I found out in my research that um, when there's a king, he, uh, like Solomon, had many wives. So the wife is not known as the queen. It's the, it's mother. the mother. Yes. Yeah, in so the Old it, Testament. In the ancient Israel, it was always the mother who had that honor as the, as the queen mother. Um, and so in honor of her son's realm. So... Mary is queen, we call her queen, because her son, Jesus, is the king of kings. And she has that unique role in his work of redemption. Also, in Medjugorje, she calls herself the queen of peace. And the fifth decade of the glorious mysteries of the rosary is the coronation of Mary as queen of heaven and earth. So we have a lot of references there to her mm. queenship. We do. Also, in Revelation 12, 1, we hear of her as on her uh, a woman appeared clothed with the sun and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Again, the crown. Yep. So a very interesting thing that I found out is that Pius IX, Pope Pius IX said, the Lord filled Mary with supernatural graces more than all angelic spirits and more than all the saints. So uh, she had a lot of supernatural graces. Many doctors of the church consider that the initial grace in Mary was greater than the final grace in all other people. So that initial grace, I guess he means uh, being uh, conceived without original sin. Yeah. So what better way for us to obtain grace than by going to the mother of God, who is the mediatrix of all graces? She's our queen, and she's there ready to give us the graces if we ask for them. And she's not only a queen, she's our mother. She is. And, you know, because she was preserved from all sin, um, the church teaches that there are, there are gifts that were lost in the garden called preternatural gifts. 
we believe she would have had those because she wouldn't have been affected by the 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 sin of Adam and Eve. So we believe she would have had those, and there. A favor is granted by God above and beyond the powers or capabilities of the nature that receives them. Uh, so it, it's something, it's a supernatural uh, gift that uh, we believe she would have had, which apparently Pius IX would have thought so too. Yes. So infused knowledge, absence of concupiscence, and bodily immortality. So uh, immortality, she sort of, if you would believe she just fell asleep and was taken up to heaven that she would have immortality uh, and certainly she's immortal now well you know but, um we could be put off by all the the wonderful things that she has as queen but we also know her as our mother and she she keeps telling us she's our mother so we always can go to the mother yeah but how much better is it when the mother is the queen <laughs> <laughs> yes and has all the graces at her disposal. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was uh, struck by the reading last Friday, the first reading from Ezekiel about the dry bones. And what struck me about it is how similar it is to the times we're living in, where um, it's, it's like a metaphor for the dry bones that we're experiencing all around us. Uh, but... I was out to lunch yesterday with your aunt, my sister-in-law, and she reminded me, uh, we went, uh, your sister and I were on a trip to Medjugorje, the very first trip that I took, and uh, 1990, and we were, uh, we stopped off in Rome on our way home to visit with your aunt and her family who were living there for a number of years, and she reminded me yesterday uh, that she took, uh, Terry and I, to a place known as the Bone Chapel. It, it was known as the Church of the Bones or the Bone Chapel. It was officially called the Church of Santa Maria Immaculata in Rome. And uh, it was run by the Capuchin uh, friars. And they had over 4,000 4, uh, friars had been buried there. So they had their skulls and their bones all over the place. Uh, they decorated with them. It was like walls made of them, ceilings, into into designs. Uh, and there was an old, I'll never forget it, it was an old monk sitting there guarding the bones as we came in to see them. And there was a sign up that said, what you are, we were, and what we are, you will be. <laughs> it was quite something. Uh, so they also had another sign that said, the body is nothing but a container for the soul. So since I was working on this little talk for dry bones, it kind of struck me. Um, but anyway, the reading from last Friday, I'll have to read some of it in order to, some, in case some people have, didn't read it or didn't hear it last Friday. So it's from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he led me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the center of the plain, which was now filled with bones. He made me walk among the bones in every direction so that I saw how many they were on the surface of the plain, how dry they were. He asked me, son of man, can these bones come to life? I answered, Lord God, you alone know that. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones. Just a minute. And say to them, dry bones, 
Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. See, I will bring spirit into you that you may come to life. I will put sinews upon you, make flesh grow over you, cover you with skin and put spirit in you so that you may come to life and know that I am the Lord. I prophesied as I had been told, and even as I was prophesying, I heard a noise. It was a rattling as the bones came together, bone joining bone. I saw the sinews of the flesh come upon them and the skin cover them, but there was no spirit in them. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the spirit, prophesy, son of man, and say to the spirit, thus says the Lord God, from the four winds come, O spirit, and breathe into these slain that they may come to life. I prophesied as he told me, and the spirit came into them. They came alive and stood upright, a vast army. So, I do think it uh, speaks to me as a metaphor for the times we live in, a place of dry bones. Now, uh, Israel had been conquered at the time that this was written, and all the people were prisoners. And I think today many people have been lied to and deceived, and they've been conquered by the enemy of our souls. They have no hope. Suicides are rampant among the young. Our churches were closed for a time, and many people did not come back when they reopened. And as you've said many times, the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, no affiliation with, with faith, are growing. That, that population is growing. Catholics in high office are passing legislation that mocks God and his commandments. And when you look around, there's many people that are spiritually dead. So that reminds me of the scripture, Luke 18, verse 8. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's what Jesus said in his time. So without worship, prayer, and growing in love of God, we can become distant from God. And without the church and her sacraments, we're without grace. So if we're not going to church, we're not receiving the sacraments, there's no grace for us. So we're just living without grace, spiritually dry and maybe eventually spiritually dead. So I would say there's no doubt that our nation has turned our backs on God and we worship other gods now of money, success, luxuries, all kinds of things. And the people have rebelled in their hearts and many hearts are spiritually dry and dead. Would you agree, Father? I would. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ezekiel was the prophet during the Babylonian captivity, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. which, yeah, the, the, right now the world is in captivity to the devil because they've given themselves over to him, and it just keeps getting more insane every day. But I want to go back to the Chapel of the Bones for a second because you said Have you ever been there? I have not. I've, I've uh, but I've heard of it. The, um, whatever the friar said or about the bodies, just a container for the soul, is sort of borderline heresy because human beings are composed. The person is both the body and the soul and the spirit. So the body is important. And if it weren't, um, we wouldn't be getting a glorified one after the judgment. We could just stay as a soul for eternity, but that's not what's going to happen. And in fact, it's so important, we could not have been redeemed without the body. Jesus, this, the word had to become flesh in order to redeem mankind. So the body's, it, I would say, very important. We, there would be no redemption without the body. And if the body weren't important, why did Mary take hers to heaven? 
So the body is important. It's more than a shell. It's it's a part and parcel of what a human being is. So we have to be careful about that when we talk about it. Okay. Good point. So these, uh, the dry bones. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's just a great deception going on. And it's it's so uh, all-encompassing that it's it's been uh, created by a mastermind. Mm. You know, the way that all these organizations are working together, in, like hands and gloves, uh, it could only be uh, dreamed up through Satan himself, that it, it could be this coordinated, this organized. Uh, and that's, that's what's probably the most daunting part of it, is that this isn't just a, a human concoction, what we're seeing happen on the world right now. This is definitely the plan of the enemy to dupe all of creation, all of mankind. And then, right. so uh, we say it every day. I, I, tell, I must say it almost at least once a day in a homily. But we have to be a people who are praying. There is no way you would know the truth except to be praying and to d diving into the scriptures on a daily basis because otherwise you're going to be deceived. I don't think we can get through this deception that we find ourselves in unless we're praying. You have to be. We have to get the light from above because we're not getting it from anybody around us. Uh, it, the powers that be are lying to us uh, on a daily basis. Boldly, just so boldly. Yeah. <laughs> However, we, we do have hope because God brought the, in this uh, reading from Ezekiel, God brought the dry bones back to life. He breathed on them and they stood up and became an army. So there's a lot of hope in this scripture reading. Uh they, God promised to give the Israelites a new heart and a new spirit and cleanse them from the impurities and the idols that they were following. The, Ezekiel has another reading from uh, chapter 36, verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So we know that God wants to restore our hearts and our lives. Uh, he looks at us and, and so much wants to. When uh, Ezekiel's, go, this whole passage you just read, he's looking out over the edge of a valley that had been turned into a makeshift mass grave. So he's looking at skeletons upon skeletons upon skeletons uh, in the whole valley of soldiers who tried to prevent Babylon from carrying uh, Israel into captivity. And God is is asking him to do this thing. Uh, and we have, you know, today in the gospel, we, we read nothing is impossible with God. Yeah. Uh, that's true. But imagine Ezekiel staring at these bones of all these dead people. And he's still obedient to what God says to do. You know, obedience to God often defies human reason and logic. Because, you know, if you ask somebody on the street, can you prophesy over this corpse in the grave and it's going to come to life, people would say that's impossible. So it's very interesting that he, despite the craziness of the situation, he's obedient to God and he does prophesy over the bones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an. That's Will we an be thing. as obedient when God is asking us to do things that seem impossible? We have to be a people that are obedient. Well, we have to also, uh, you know, bring the Holy Spirit into it. So on Pentecost, people heard a mighty rushing wind. 
when the spirit came down. Ezekiel hears the bones rattling. So there's that wind. Uh, we have to look to Jesus and the Holy Spirit to lift up an army of people. This, all of this hopelessness that is around us can be lifted up into an army of people, a vast army, if they would turn to the Lord and let him lead us through this. The people in the Old Testament who did the greatest miracles were the ones who were the most obedient, you know? So if you mm. think about it, and sometimes obedience doesn't make any sense. Abraham was told by God to give up all conventional wisdom and to move into a place that he'd never lived before. Why would somebody do that? Because his life was pretty good where he was. Uh, Noah is commanded to build a mm. boat, giant boat, even though it had never rained it had, they didn't know what rain was because it says in this in Genesis that the the earth was watered by a dew that came up through uh, the night and and gave everything to drink. So it hadn't rained. They didn't even know what rain was at this point until it started, and then the flood came. Moses didn't think he was qualified to free the people from slavery, but he was obedient in the face of his own what he self-proclaimed shortcomings. So it's you can't you can't make a more of an argument that obedience, 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 and the only way you can be obedient is to be humble. That's how we become obedient. Well, when I think of obedience, of course, um, following the things of the church and being obedient to God through the church, but also listening in prayer for something that God would be saying to us right at this moment, to us personally. So you have to be open to that too. And I don't think a lot of people sit and listen for the Lord. I think that's a, that's something that needs to be worked on. If yeah, God wants well, to say something to you, how are you going to hear it unless you're spending time with him each day? Right. Quiet time. Yes. So, um, do any do any of us have dry bones situations uh, that God could breathe life into that situation? So... I'm thinking of things like a dry marriage or a dry business or a dry womb or a dry family or a dry spirit. These are all ways that you can have dryness in your lives. And God can come and he can turn a hopeless situation around. He was concerned about the state of the dry bones with Ezekiel. He's concerned about the state of our world today. So we can speak to God about all these situations that we have in our lives. Now, we look at our cities. I would say they're very, very dry, many of them. Can these bones, these cities come to life again? When God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel responded, Lord, you know. And so I would say the same thing about our cities. God only knows if they can come to life again. But we could ask. We can pray about it. We can ask for the Spirit to come. And I would say it doesn't matter how bad or hopeless your situation seems. God can restore it. Uh, there's a, a scripture from Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 5. God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. No, it's, no, if you're still breathing, there's still hope. Yeah. You would agree. Yep. Yeah, but, you know, don't wait for the end no. to come back. It's, you know, don't be foolish. Uh, if, you, if you're realizing you may be far from God, it, today's the day to come back. 
like don't wait anymore um and there's so much he's offering us and it's you know it's also interesting that the west coast is experiencing a drought we're experiencing a drought right here oh really Uh, in new york oh absolutely we're in a state of emergency in the in our county in the Hmm. southern half which is where we are we have not had a drop of rain all summer now today it's supposed to rain a lot and i just looked at the radar on my phone it's all around us but where we live we're right where it's not going to rain so it's (laughs) cloudy but there's not a drop of rain everything all of the grasses are dried up well the uh the west you know california and those places uh, we get a lot of our food from them so that's Mm. adding to the problem of um the supply and demand being an issue but again all things are possible with god i would say you know um this lesson from ezekiel is uh the dry bones gives us an example that he can do anything. Yes. It's, it's a story of redemption and restoration, and that's what God does. He's in the restoration business. So another question came into my mind as I was doing this, and that what is our biggest responsibility as a generation? And I would say the answer is the next generation. So our biggest challenge is, and our responsibility is to prepare the next generation. And guess what? We're not passing on the faith to that generation. So how are they supposed to cope with everything if they don't have the faith, if they think they just have to shoulder it all on their own shoulders? So the young people are finding themselves in a very bad situation here. So again, we've got to go back into prayer and pray on to these dry bones. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you, this idea that parents want their children to choose their own faith uh, it may sound good on paper it's a terrible idea though it is because if you believe and this is where the disconnect happens if you believe the greatest gift is becoming a child of god and that happens through baptism and uh where the spirit then fills you with the gifts of the spirit where you have discernment where you have wisdom and knowledge and understanding of god and his law all these great gifts and it brings you into the church it, with the teachings about our, like today, the uh, queenship of Mary, the assumption, the uh, dogmas of the church, able to eat the body and blood of, of God himself. Like, why and would the, you prevent your children from having that? And the graces, just the graces But, but it's just because people really don't believe. That's the problem. They don't believe yeah. that anymore. Yeah. And I've had in the last two months, I've had three deliverances they weren't exorcisms but close all of children who were over seven but under 16 and all three i said is this child baptized no well the number one defense Mm -hmm. against the enemy is is bap is becoming a child of god and you've denied that for your child now we can't do it because i just can't baptize at will if the person is over the age of seven now they have to go through formal training and somebody who's possessed does not want to go through formal training and will not go through formal training so you've boxed your kid into a corner and now you can't rescue them and we've left them defenseless yeah i mean i know parents weren't thinking they were doing that when they made the decision but that's the outcome so if you're listening and you have little kids that aren't baptized please go to a church today and make an appointment with the priest 
to schedule the baptism. Do not wait for the child to grow up and choose on his own. What if he doesn't grow up? What if he gets killed in a car wreck? Like, why would you risk this? It's just too big. It's too big. It's the most important thing is getting to heaven. And by denying baptism, you're really, you're, you're stealing heaven from your kid. So please don't do that. And leaving them without any weapons also in a fight that they find themselves it's in. Just, it's, it, again, a great deception has occurred. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll place ourselves in the queen's hands. Yep, it's a good place to be. Good place to be. The ever-virgin queen mother, pray for us. Amen. Well, that's about it for today. Thank you for being on. You're welcome. Be back with you tomorrow. Uh, may the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you and remain with you forever. And I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great day. This is Father Dan signing out. Mm-hmm.